You are listening to Development Dialogues, a podcast series from the Centre for Strategic and International Studies, exploring new thinking on development through entrepreneurship, innovation, and market-driven economic growth. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes U. My name is Bill Garvelink. I am a senior advisor here at CSIS, and uh, this is the CSIS Careers and Development Series. And with me today is Rob Jenkins, who is the director of the Office of Transition Initiatives at USAID. Welcome. We're glad you're here. Thanks, Bill. One thing I would like to explore a little bit is the origins of OTI. It's Mm -hmm. uh, one of the newer, in fact, elements of AID in the past decade or so. And if you could talk a little bit about how how OTI uh, came into existence. Well, thanks, Bill. It's an interesting story. It actually goes back to 1963, in a way, um, when there was a massive earthquake in what was then Skopje, Yugoslavia. And a relatively junior foreign service officer uh, who was based in the consulate there in Skopje was Larry Eagleburger. And uh, after that massive earthquake, he sent a cable back to Washington explaining that he thought it would be a good idea if the United States government had the ability to respond to natural disasters to both help uh, people that were affected but also show the goodwill of the American people. And the next year, 1964, the response to that cable was the creation of what later became the Office of Foreign Disaster Assistance. So he was very much uh, responsible for for that office. If you flash forward a bunch of years, at the end of the uh, George Herbert Walker Bush administration, uh, he was then Secretary of State Lawrence Eagleburger. And in the transition team period, he was having discussions with uh, Brian Atwood, who was the head of the State Department transition team for the Clinton administration. And he explained to, to, to Mr. Atwood that now that the, the wall had come down in 1989 and the War, war, post-Cold War era had started, he thought it would be a very good idea if the United States government had an, an ability to, in a very fast and flexible way, respond to windows of political opportunity when a political transition started in a country. So if a peace deal was signed or a dictator was ousted, have some way that USAID could inject resources very fast and in a very targeted way to help that political transition get on the right trajectory and stay together. It takes about two or more years for a USAID development strategy to um, retool, get new resources, refocus. So the idea was to create what became OTI, the Office of Transition Initiatives, to get in there to help buy time, to uh, hopefully keep things together enough while those larger, longer-term development programs came online. And that's, that's why we were created. It's very interesting. Everybody remembers Larry Eagleburger as, as the, as I believe, the only career foreign service officer, Secretary of State, and he was a towering figure mm-hmm. in, in the State Department. I don't think people are aware of the important role he played in creating some of the most effective offices within the Agency for International Development. So Part of our very, shared DNA. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Could you talk a little bit more about how the Office of Transition Initiatives relates to the other elements of development that development activities that mm-hmm. the U.S. government has? One is disaster assistance, and the other is long-term development. That's a great. That's a great question. Um, our term transition, uh, our in our name, is often misunderstood. People think that we're supposed to fill the so-called gap in the relief to development transition. Uh, continuum. So you have the relief work uh, that 
you, uh, the Office of Foreign Disaster Assistance, the Office of Food for Peace, others will come in after a disaster, um, do the immediate crisis work, and after a year or two, that work might come down, and the longer-term development work might take longer to start. And there is a so-called, there's a gap there sometimes. So people say, oh, it must be OTI that's supposed to fill that gap. Actually, that's not the transition we're talking about. We're talking about a political transition. Sometimes we do go in on a DART team, a disaster assistance response team. Sometimes we will go in um, at the time that those transitional uh, relief to development activities are happening. But sometimes we'll go in and there's been no disaster. It's just a political situation that's changed. Um, there's some places we are, let's say we were in Pakistan, and then OFTA arrived because there was an earthquake. And then OFTA left and we stayed. Most countries we go into, there's already a long-term development USAID mission there. We will go in because political things have changed in that country. And when we depart, that mission will stay there. And often, usually, our programs will then transfer over to, to that mission. Regardless of the sequencing, because it, it changes in every place, um, we work very closely with our other colleagues in USAID, both the humanitarians and the long-term development uh, uh, colleagues. Right. Uh, well, OTI obviously is a little bit different from the disaster folks and the development folks with the, the, the area that you described. Mm -hmm. When you are looking at uh, new folks mm -hmm. to, to hire in, in OTI, mm -hmm. what kind of backgrounds or skills are most important to you? Uh, we're always looking. We're a very dynamic office. There's a lot of churn. Um, it, we have two major different uh, categories of jobs. There's those that are in the field and those that are in Washington. In the field, you're almost always going to have to have field experience to have those jobs. And it helps if that field experience were in transitioning, political transition countries, but it could be relief work. It could be long-term development work. It really depends on the particular job we're looking for in the particular country. It doesn't have to be experience in the country we're hiring for. The region is helpful, but it doesn't even have to be in that region. It's more about the kinds of work you were doing and if it, uh, if it uh, is similar to the work that we're trying to do. In Washington, we have a greater variety of jobs. If you're working on our programs and actually helping manage the programs in Washington, field experience is very, very helpful, not always essential. Sometimes one or two years of relevant field experience is, is what's required, sometimes um, none for an entry-level job. But we also have a lot of uh, operations and management positions that you don't need field experience. And once you come in, you can gain some of that experience on the job and help transfer over to other things. So it's a, it's a wide variety. Um, many of our jobs, it helps if you have a relevant master's degree, but it's not always necessary. Usually uh, equivalent uh, experience on the job experience is, is, is good enough for that. And uh, because we're always looking for good people, I would say if anyone's interested to go to the website globalcore.com, that's globalcore.com. You can go in there, you put in your email, and then every time we have a job that comes up for a personal services contractor, you'll receive an email. And on the same site, you can also sign up for OFDA, the Office of Foreign Disaster Assistance. I joined in 1998 as a personal services contractor on a one-year contract. My intent was to stay for a year or two. That was a long time ago, and I've been director of the office since 2006, and I love my job. Rob, thanks a lot. It's Rob Jenkins, who is the director of the Office of Transition Initiatives at USAID. Uh, thanks for being with us. Thanks, Bill.
Thanks for listening to Development Dialogues, brought to you by the Centre for Strategic and International Studies. For more on economic development from CSIS, including our latest audio, video and publications, subscribe on iTunes U, visit uslid.csis.org or download the CSIS iPhone app.